At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into My Guys in the Desert on a Friday. Stormy Bon and Tony hanging out with you for the next hour live in downtown Las Vegas, coming to you from our recent studio in Circus Sportsbook. And got to give some props where it's due. Our guy Dan Leach on the program yesterday, 5-1 and one with his picks he gave out. The only loss he had was uh, with me on the Calgary Flames, and what a beatdown of epic proportions that one was. 7-1 to one to Vancouver. Who are you, people? I did at least contribute with the, the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders yesterday. They continue to be the covering machine, even if it did come down to a really wonky finish, coming down to free throws, but they got her done. Anyways, let's continue that rolling on the show today. We've got Ben Wilson, who will join us in just a little bit. Danielle Alvari of the LA City cast, as well as Nick Whalen talking NBA Rotowire. But before we bring in Ben, as we always do, let's get started with our top five things you need to know, stories that impact us is better, starting with DeMar DeRozan continuing his historic streak. 37 points last night in the Bulls. 112-108 win against the Atlanta Hawks to go with six boards, three assists. Only six other players in NBA history have recorded eight straight games with at least 35 points, four of whom already Hall of Famers, and two undoubtedly will be there one day. We got Wilt Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, Michael Jordan, the late Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, James Harden. I would say that's a solid list. MVP odds, we told you about it then, just 15 days ago, 50 to 1. Yesterday, pregame 20 to 1. Today, we wake up and look at the board's 13 to 1 odds to win the MVP. Speaking of MVP candidates, Joel Embiid will see what kind of fit his newest addition is as new teammate James Harden makes his Philadelphia 76ers debut later tonight. They are two and a half point favorites at the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. Total 229. Lots of James Harden props out there as he returns from a hamstring injury that was bugging him prior to the trade from the Nets. Double double. Yes. Minus 150. No plus 110. 76ers T-Wolves. One of nine NBA games on tap tonight. The second day back from the All-Star break. In the NFL, Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell shut down any and all Kyler Murray rumors when he was on the radio. Arizona Sports 98.7 FM spoke to his quarterback last night, he said, came out of it saying, quote, put me in the corner of I love him and I know he's going to get better. Also on a potential contract extension, the season for Murray said the structure of it, the timing of it, it's a complicated process and it takes some time. Adding, though, Kyler is a part of their long-term plan. In the NFC, West Cardinals plus 350 to win the division, 12-1 to to win the NFC, 25-1 to 
Super Bowl odds and Kyler Murray again on that MVP board 22 to 1. I always tell you don't waste your money on that. He's going to get hurt at the end of the season like he always does. The Athletics Michael Sean Duger suggested the Seahawks could acquire an early first round draft pick in exchange for DK Metcalf. Seattle doesn't have a first rounder this year and Duger said the team's only realistic option to get one would be dealing the 24 year old whose contract is up at the end of the 2022 season. The other option one the Seahawks say they are not considering would be, of course, trading Russell Wilson. Since entering the NFL in 2019, Metcalf fifth in receiving touchdowns with 29, 10th in receiving yards, 17th in receptions. A handful of teams with early draft picks likely jump at the opportunity to acquire a guy like that if Seattle was willing to part with him. Be a weird decision if you ask me. In the NFC West, Seattle there at the bottom after losing the division this year, plus 550, 16-1 in the NFC, and 35-1 to Super Bowl odds. Every day on the program, it's something with Aaron Rodgers, and we have more news regarding the Packers quarterback again today. NFL insider Diana Rossini on the Rich Eisen show said based on people she's spoken to in the league Rodgers quote wants to be the highest played player in the NFL by a wide margin went on to say we're talking 50 million a year we know Devontae Adams needs to get paid so there's a lot on the table the report has turned quite a few heads within NFL circles Pat McAfee who's developed a great relationship with Rodgers through regular appearances on his show contacted the two-time defending MVP himself this morning and received a two-word response that the, res- the report was categorically false and it's not an outlandish request we know considering the past two seasons that he's had on the field the highest paid quarterback in the NFL right now is Patrick Mahomes at 45 million but we know from last offseason money was not the issue between Rodgers and the Packers so he is expected to make a decision on his football future coming up this week and we can continue talking about this a little bit with our resident Packers fan VSIN host here on Bet Center Saturday nights you've also seen him this week on betting across America um, what other shows have you on? Primetime action, a numbers game, yeah. just basically just everywhere. Bet on Chicago with Danny Burke. How could you forget that? There we one go. Too? Oh, my so. bad. This is Come Ben on. Wilson, also a college basketball play by play on FS1 recently. So happy to have you here with Thank us. Thank you. But let's talk a little bit of Aaron Rodgers right but now. Yes, How resident you... Packer fan is the much, that, that carries more <laughs> weight for my title. Yes, yes, that is title number one here in first and foremost today. How do you feel about the Aaron Rodgers situation? Is he coming back? Cheesehead Nation. Well, really, I mean, the situation this year, it's not that much different from last year. I mean, the way the contract sets up, now, sure, if Green Bay is going to pay him his, his full option for next year, will they put themselves in salary cap hell? Yes. Does that really matter if you want to bring back Rodgers still playing at a really high level? I don't know. That That's for management to decide. The thing, Stormy, though, that the, the Green Bay organization has made very, very clear, especially after what happened I mean, when we were in high school with Brett Favre and he became, he forced the Packers into becoming public enemy number one. <laughs> They do not want that to happen again. They are essentially putting their cards on the table and saying, look, we're, we're going to pay what we can. We want to pick up your option for this year. It doesn't matter if we're going to go all in this season. We want to figure out also our setup with Devontae Adams. But we are making it very clear. like We want you back. And if you are going to make these crazy media appearances mm-hmm. and do all this wild stuff on, on social media, and if you want to keep talking yourself into a hole that he has done throughout the offseason – you will be the bad guy. Like we are not going down this road again where like there were Packer fans who became Vikings fans for two year stretches as weird as that was because Brett Favre was a godlike figure in Wisconsin. Green Bay, the organization with Mark Murphy at the top, their, their CEO and president, they will not let that happen again. So they are, they are going to make this Rogers decision. He is going to be the bad guy. If he steps away, odds tell you that because the ball is still in the Packers court, as opposed to last year where the perception was, all right, Packers are really screwing this up. Rodgers has all these different places he could go to. 
I mean, odds are still, I mean, it's minus 280. Mm-hmm. In all likelihood, there's not many outs for Rodgers here. Like, he could, again, because they have the option, the Packers do, to pick up that option. So to try and force a trade, like, it's kind of the same deal as last year, where there's really no incentive for Green Bay to do that. So at the end of the day, would it make sense for them to bring him back? Absolutely. It's going to be Rodgers. If, if he doesn't want to be there, he's going to have to say that eventually and force his way out makes him the bad guy in all this. I think that this week has just been so weird. Can we just get away from talking about Aaron Rodgers for one day? Every single day, it's something. The cryptic (laughs) Instagram message. The GM coming out and saying, oh, I didn't actually make that promise last year. It's like everything, every day. Why is it this way? Why does he have to make it so hard? Because his name is is Aaron Rodgers. That's just what he does. Uh, And you can't, you can't, like, we can't take anything he has said this week. Seriously, this was, this was the arc. I mean, there's a reason why he comes out and, and makes his first statement on the first day of the window opening up for, you know, for, for, for the potential signing, you know, when you have Devonte Adams and you think about the franchise tag and that window being Absolutely. open. So there, this is not just some random, randomly placed stuff out there. That means nothing like this was a, a very much cohesive concerted effort by him. Again, Packers are like, they have made it clear. They're not going to be the ones who get turned into the villains again this year. Ultimately, I, I do think he plays another year in Green Bay. I agree, as do I. He will, as I said, um, ideally make his decision known in the next couple of weeks. That's what the reports have at least said. I wanted to talk to you about the USFL as well, because I know a couple years ago when the XFL was hot and heavy, you were our expert. This is obviously a very different league, but I want to help betters out who, whenever a new sport comes up, it's a new thing for us to bet on. We want to get in on the action but it's hard to when you don't know a lot about it. You are somebody who did do the research. The draft was this week. What do people need to know about this new league that's coming back for the first time since the 80s? When's it getting started? Give us the lowdown. Oh, uh, the draft, Stormy. I don't, I don't know why you weren't you know, paying attention. I mean, it was... Th- Shea Patterson, number one. All right, very good. All right, you got that part. Yes, Shea Patterson goes number one. So it's really... There, there are some elements that are different, but also very similar to what we saw out of the XFL from back in 2020. A, it's just an eight-team league, and the league has made it pretty clear they're, they're going to be relatively conservative with the growth because that's the thing that's killed all these spring leagues. So not only is it only eight teams, but you see on this graphic here, we have a it's sort of a pseudo-bubble approach here. So all games are going to be played across a couple of different venues in Birmingham, Alabama. Then the playoffs go to Canton. Why that decision was made, I don't know. The point is, there's not really any home field or like situational spots that we can really get into traditionally as betters, which we were able to get into with the XFL in in that 2020 season before COVID shut it down. But the biggest thing to me, Stormy, for betters to know on this, so you have this eight-team league with half making the playoffs, the top two in each division. In the 2020 version of the XFL, there wasn't a lot of differences between the two teams. If you remember going back to that year, Houston was amazing. They were 5-0. and P.J. Walker was eventually signed by the Panthers to be Cam Newton's backup. But there was so, like, the interchangeable nature of all those teams made it that the futures got kind of out of whack. Like, I'm still upset that my L.A. Wildcats 16-1 to <laughs> ticket went down in flames. They got off to a slow start. They were 1-4, they were but had won a couple straight. And, like, they were in a position where they were tied for the the second playoff spot out of those four. So, unless a team is just completely disastrous, and based on the roster construction, as you saw that, the players are selected in phases here, it's going to be really difficult for a team to just be so bad that they're uncompetitive right out of the the gate. That's just not how this thing is set up for. So, what we talked about in in the XFL in 2020 was identify those teams that get off to a slow start that that at least have promise – that are right in the mix to at least get a playoff spot. And if you get double-digit futures, you're at the very least going to be live to get into the playoffs 
And then you're in a hedgeable opportunity because there's only two playoff rounds. Okay. Got about a minute left here um, before we have to take a break. Who are some of those teams, at least based on the draft and the rosters, maybe some notable names that you've seen so far that you do think could have a fighting chance once they get the schedule figured so, out? First one that jumped out to me, Tampa Bay Bandits. We're going back to bandit ball. Burt Reynolds, mid-80s. <laughs> uh, Jordan Tamu is, was one of the best quarterbacks in the XFL 2020 with St. Louis. Been bouncing around with a, with a bunch of, of uh, NFL practice squads last couple seasons. They he had bring a great last year of his SEC yeah, season at as Ole well. Miss. Ole yeah, Miss. it was outstanding. They, so they bring him and Eli Rogers. To me, that is the best, just on paper from coming out of this first round of the draft stormy, best one-two combo. Rogers, who played with the Steelers for four years. You bring in Todd Haley, who has a ton of experience mm -hmm. as a head coach and GM. He's been a, a quarterback whisperer in his, in his time uh, you know, back, back in the day in Pittsburgh and Kansas City. That's a team that right away, with their experience, to me, jumps out on paper. Yeah, no doubt. Out. Good to know. We'll keep you up to date. We're Go going to bandits. talk college hoops when we come back. Go Bandits! Stay with us on Beast and the Sports Betting Network. Listen to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with VSIN's full court bracket betting coverage starting Sunday, March 13th, with six hours of free live video streaming on VSIN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every single game. The VSIN College Hoops including our guy Greg Hoops Peterson will analyze each game discuss with the bookmakers who are making the lines and find the best early value to get in on the action don't wait for those lines to move start your bracket and round one of tournament betting with the VEASAN college hoops experts on Sunday March 13th 6 p.m. Eastern Freak on VEASAN.com as we welcome you back to my guys in the desert Stormy Bonantoni alongside our wonderful guest host here on VEASAN Ben Wilson also college basketball play-by-play -play man so we got to talk some hoops real we quickly do. Calling this bubble trouble. I'm going to list out a few teams that are on the bubble, their current schedule situation to close out the regular season, and if you think they're getting it. All right, Michigan, 15-11, and 11, fresh off the win over Rutgers, remaining regular season, three top 25 opponents, and three opponents that beat them already this season. How do you like their chances to get it? get in they are a team that everybody is going to disrespect into the ncaa tournament and it's an easy media talking point like ah oh, jawan howard he should have been fired because he went with the, with the in between i, was, slap I left that punch. out of there i left that out yes of there. but like that's we get this every year teams that are either just like just non-sexy don't have very good resumes that, that really stand out but this is a michigan team when you have a guy like hunter dickinson and you have size in the middle and you at least have some semblance of outside shooting even if it is inconsistent you represent a threat in, in the tournament. We see this every year, too, with these Big Ten teams, where that league tends to just eat, eat itself alive. And, like, Maryland was a great example last year. Nobody wanted anything to do with them. They come in a 10 seed, not playing all that well, not impressive record or advanced numbers. And they, they beat UConn, who I had in the Final Four, uh, by the way, last year, and beat them in round one. So Michigan is going to be that team. They will get in. They, they've built up enough early season good win stormy that they still have some wiggle room one of the toughest schedules in the country. Mm -hmm. They they should be pretty solidly in as long as they get one of these last few mm -hmm. and don't totally lay an egg early in the Big Ten tournament. 
and could be some value betting betting on them is that that team everybody wants to hate in the NCAA tournament. Well, you mentioned Maryland, a team that is playing them here soon. Indiana, 17-10. and 10. They're 8-9 in conference play, ninth in the Big Ten. Joe Lenardi has them as a last four team in. Hoosiers, five straight losses before a bounce back win the other night. Who you got? Not an, not an Indiana guy. Not I will say, by far, my luckiest win of the college basketball season, I laid six with Ohio State on, what was that, Monday night. I did it. Everybody on the network loved Indiana. It was one of the luckiest wins ever. Indiana's up four with a minute left. They give up a wide open dunk to EJ Liddell and then lose by 11 where dogs go to die in overtime. Of course. But yeah, Indiana, it's just, it's been a team where when you only have one reliable scorer and you don't do much well else on offense where they, like they've relied on the defensive side of the ball all season. It is, it is hard, especially when you go through a big 10 tournament and you, you go through a stretch like they have so many difficult teams. To, to build up reliability and, and be trustworthy, especially in the eyes of the committee. And one thing we've seen, Stormy, that the committee has really gone against in recent years is these teams that start out well, have solid non-con resumes, but totally fade down the stretch. And Indiana's probably the leading contender among the fading fast teams right now. Like, it's a first-year head coach in Mike Woodson. They, they got off to a great start, had some signature wins. I mean, you beat Purdue on your home court. They had some a big, big moments for that program. It's just over the course of a long season when you don't have much depth on the offensive side of the ball to me that's catching up with them right now and that's what we've seen in this uh, latest stretch out of Bloomington okay I'm going to make you do an either or there are two leagues that I know you follow very closely and you cover the All Mountain right. West Conference and the Pac-12 between San Diego State and Oregon who is more likely to make the dance all right that, that's a really easy answer I don't want okay. to disparage oh, you no. I'm sorry I don't want to do it I thought maybe we'd run out of time we wouldn't have to get to San Diego <laughs> State uh, a I love Oregon okay and a, a part of it I love, I love Oregon just in general. Like, not has nothing to do with San Diego State. Part of it is, and you know this, like when you cover a team and you see them in person and you, you talk to the coaches and you talk to the players, as a broadcaster, it can sometimes alter you and, and you try to stay neutral and, and, and in your assessment of those teams. But you watch Oregon. They're so athletic. They have, they have so much talent on. They're so annoying. Yes. But that's why. Okay. 24-point right. loss at ASU is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Pretty bad. 14-point loss to Cal as a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Two of the worst losses but in the But you sweep nationally ranked USC. You hang with Arizona. You beat USC. I don't understand it. They are playing USC again tomorrow. Yeah. How do you feel about that game? Well, all right. So I, I bet Oregon last night. They were plus uh, three against UCLA. Sorry, Danielle Avari. Happy birthday, Danielle. We do Coming have her next. on later She's on the program. Yes. I'll make oh. sure that you rub that in. Yeah, please pass <laughs> that along. No, but the thing with them is with uh, with Dana Altman, they have been maddeningly inconsistent. Those those losses you mentioned, two of the worst losses of any Pac-12 team this year. Like you can't go to Tempe and lose by 24 to the 2021-22 Arizona State Sun Devils. You, Especially you, when you Stormy bets it. you minus five and a half. Oh, it's just uh, rude. I'm sorry. Neither I here apologize. nor there. Continue. But, I digress. Like, they they're, they're so inconsistent, but when they turn it on, like they you look at them and you're like, man, this should be a five or a six seed yet. So right now they're in that next four out category because they've had a couple really terrible losses, like you mentioned. But we have seen in the past, Dana Altman, it's it's this weird like magic trick pony thing he does in March. Over the last 20 years, we have seen 21 different power five teams as a double digit seed make the sweet 16 or go deeper. Pac-12 is responsible for eight of those teams by far the league lead, you know, lead among all conferences. Oregon has done it twice. And for whatever reason, they find a way to click at the right time, mm -hmm. even though they have these two sort of back back half of the season losses. When you have guys like a Will Richardson who can, I mean, who can basically beat you single-handedly from three on any given night, you bring in transfers. Uh, they, they have you know, the guys from Oklahoma 
and from Rutgers from last year. Jacob Young was a big transfer, played in the tournament last year. Davion Harmon would have played for Oklahoma before he was diagnosed with COVID. Those are a three-player core that is so experienced, so athletic, and so versatile. They're a tough out for anybody. I like them to win the Pac-12 tournament. They were almost 15-1 to at Circa yesterday, and now they're like 8-1. to It's funny you say that. I was talking to Adam Burke the other day in my frustration with the Oregon Ducks, and he goes, yeah, they're just going to like break your heart all regular season and then come in and win the Pac-12 tournament. It's just what they do. Um, the other team that I mentioned that you know we talked about, my San Diego State Aztecs, they are in action tonight, so I wanted to get your opinion on their matchup with San Jose State. Huge favorites for a team yeah. that – does not know how to play offense. I don't know. I was, if you know I was that, going but. to mention Stormy for, for a team that you cannot trust at all on offense. They should not be laying. They should not favorites. be. That's a, the line, The number is way too big. They should not be laying more than 20 against anybody. Now I will say this, having called San Jose state this year and having you know, talked with Tim miles, their coach, who is for us broadcasters, one of the more fun coaches you can talk to because he really tells it like it is. He told me before the game I did of theirs, we might score 63 points we might make 21 threes. Like he was basically mm -hmm. saying, all right, we have, we, our team is so young and undisciplined and we have a long way to go. But at the same time, they, I mean, they played San Diego state uh, to within 10 in the first yep. meeting. And it was one of the most comical cross sport Super Bowl props offered. I'm looking at their three point rating right now. It's 37%. No, they 64th in the country. They're, they're not bad from three. The issue is so they rely thing. on them. Yeah. Like that's, every possession. That's what you have to I mean, have. it's just a, it's a lot of, Talking Chuck, basically, yep. but and they the the, uh, the Super Bowl prop that was out there was first half points versus Bengals team total, which is insane. <laughs> but San Jose State scores twenty two points, Bengals score twenty, and you somehow if you bet San Jose State, I don't know how, but you you somehow won that bet. So it's way too many points. If anything, I would look under tonight when you have mm -hmm. a team that relies on the three ball that has been decent but relies on it way too much in San Jose State going into Viejas. 126 and a half, lowest total on the board. That's what I'm I'm leaning towards. San Diego State, best Ken Palm defense in the country, but and it's why I don't really like them going forward, Stormy. As much as much as I hate to tell you that to your face. It's actually they, rude. They just you you can't trust them. I understand it. I understand it. You can't trust them in any way on the offensive side of the ball. The only team they really have matched up well with all year is UNLV, who is basically a worse version of, of San Diego State, with the exception of they have one stud score yeah. in Bryce Hamilton, who actually can put the ball in the basket. He's been so fun to watch. I will say, just with regards, one last thing to put a bow on the San Diego State game. They are five and five against the number as a double-digit favorite this year. San Jose State eight and four against the number as a double-digit dog. Five and one when a dog by fourteen and a half or more points. So keep that in your back pocket. If they do play tough. They, they play do. Hard. They can keep they it They have no close, talent, but they play hard. Potentially with a team that doesn't play offense. So, um, are there any... You mentioned UNLV. You cover them closely as well. Yeah. Um, their odds for the Mountain West Tournament went from 28-1 to 1 a week ago to 12-1, to 13-1, to 1, to this morning and yesterday, plus 750 to it's, win the it's Mountain West insane. Tournament. It's insane. It's nuts. I, and on Primetime Action Monday, I said I liked them at 15-1 to 1, even still, just because when you have the best player in the league... Mm -hmm alone in Bryce Hamilton, who is basically player of the year, nuclear. Mountain West player of the year. De oh, absolutely. Are you, it's not going to the CSU kid. It had, okay. First, like they got part of it too, is recency bias. I mean, Colorado state was undefeated at the, at the end of 2021. They, but they have a COVID pause. They go out for two weeks. They just have not been the same team coming back. Meanwhile, UNLV under a first year head coach, slow starts was kind of un, unclear what their identity was. Hamilton's averaging like 30 a game over the last month and a half. It's been insane. So he will win. The, he should win the Player of the Year. And you, you get you get the best player in the conference on his home floor for a conference tournament where we know weird things have happened in the past, Stormy. 
why why would you not think that that's a, a possibility? It's, they're certainly live. I, don't, I mean, at this point, I saw Circa went as low as 660. It's crazy. Like, at, at a certain point, it gets a little bit out of hand. I will agree. But I you. do think they could make a run. But Running they Rebels. Can. That's why they're called that. Thank you. You're awesome. Appreciate you coming on with me today. Thanks for having me on. It's our guy, Ben Wilson. Make sure you check him out Saturday nights on Bet Center right here on VSIN. And keep a track of his Twitter as well because the dude is always posting fire content. You got to do it. When we come back, Danielle Alvari and we will talk trash about Oregon. So don't miss it. Listen to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on My Guys in the Desert, the segment brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge, or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, many more. Plus, for your convenience, every variety comes in two strengths. You can easily find the satisfaction level that works for you. Zen, it's America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, so it's never been easier to find your Zen. Head on over over to zin.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Stormy Bon and Tony with you, and I'm very emotional because I'm going through a breakup. It's actually a divorce. I'm taking the ring off, throwing it in the ocean because I'm absolutely sick of the Minnesota Wild. In the segment we're calling, it's not me, it's you. This team has become unbettable for me. No team makes me lose more money than this team has in the last two weeks then the Minnesota Wild, one of the best teams in the NHL, yet decide they want to play like an AHL team when I bet them and play like a Stanley Cup champion when I bet against them. Let's go down the list of uh, why I can't stand these mofos anymore. I bet them to lose against the high-powered Canes. They beat them 3-2. I bet them to beat the Jets, a team that they beat twice this year already, including a 7-1 win in November. The Jets were also fresh off a 3-1 loss to the brutal Chicago Blackhawks. Nope, lost that one 3-6. It's fine. I bet them to beat Ottawa, who lost five of their last seven games outside of beating Minnesota, a team they also beat earlier in the year. Nope, 4-3 loss. Bet against them when they played Edmonton, their post-Dave Tippett heater. Oilers 7-3 on the road. Last night against Toronto, against my better judgment, I said, you know what, I'm going to take them as a dog. I'm going to bet the over. They lose 3-1, if not for live betting, to save myself from the hole that is the Minnesota Wild. I don't know if I'd be here right now. I don't think I could take it. Anyways, we're over. I refuse to bet you until at least the next time that I do. It's not me. It's you. Another team that, as we know, I've made clear with Ben Wilson on the program moments ago, I am not a fan of betting the Oregon Ducks. They do me dirty constantly. And I think our next guest can really relate to this as we bring in one of my favorite people, Danielle Alvari, host of the LA City Cast. She knows all about the mental and emotional stress that the Oregon Ducks have had on all of us, especially with their sweep of UCLA. Danielle, what is going on there? Yeah, I mean, sounds about right at this time of season for UCLA. Unfortunately, it's really tough. I, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of consistency out of this team lately. I mean, we've seen different starters from game to game. I mean, if we just look back to last week, we've seen them play Washington State, Washington, Arizona State. Now they're on the road versus Oregon. They have to face Oregon State next. It's a lot of games in a short period of time. Uh, not to complain because everybody seems to like point out, well, these guys want to play in the NBA. This is how many games they have to play. 
but they're not. And most of them will not. They are division one basketball players for a reason. Uh, so this is too many games for them. Obviously we can see that, but that said, you just absolutely cannot have that many opportunities at shots and not convert on them for UCLA. I mean, that was obviously the issue. They had what 12 steals and just could not capitalize and turn that into actual offense. They got up 20 more shots than Oregon and only shot 36.8%. They were four of 24 from three um, and they shot 10 less free throws as Mick Cronin, the head coach of UCLA loved to point out. Um, but the bottom line was the offense just wasn't there. And it's so weird because we see different configurations of this UCLA team on a week to week basis, on a game to game basis. Even uh, Cody Riley, sometimes coming in miles Johnson, sometimes coming in Jaime Hawkins is hobbled with two ankle issues. And um, obviously Johnny Juzang fell off of an electric scooter last week, which why are we letting athletes on those? I know they're in college, but come on. Um, so just a lot of unexpected things for the Bruins. And we just don't know what, five we're going to get at the start of the game on a game-to-game -game basis. So what do you think that we can expect tomorrow? Because the Bruins now take on what you would think on paper is a very easy team in Oregon State. They've got four wins all year, but they just took USC to double overtime last night. And I mean, given that the, that the Beavers are a four-win team this year, is this a spot where UCLA can go in, capitalize, dominate, take advantage of a situation where they're probably having a little bit of a letdown from the close game they had, and UCLA is like, all right, let's just crush these guys. Will they cover? It's tough to say because these double digit spreads have been a little bit tricky with UCLA. They did a good job versus the Washington teams last week, but they're at the end of this long stretch here. So I don't necessarily see them covering a huge, huge spread that it should be here for Oregon. How funny was it watching them almost beat USC within the little bottom corner there, one in 13 in Pac-12 play. Aye, aye. <laughs> um, this was so crazy, but I actually sat on the Los Angeles City cast. It looked a lot like the last time these two teams played, actually. I remember watching this game and I said, I'm having deja vu because Oregon State almost took USC down last time they played. So there's something about this matchup. This did not work well for USC, but UCLA on the other hand, they should be in a better position. Like you pointed out, Oregon state's going to be coming off of this double overtime. Hopefully they're a little bit tired as well. Um, and I do think that UCLA's defense will be able to lock in a little bit better than USC's. And so I'm probably going to look at a lower scoring game here and maybe look to bet an under on this game. And I will even correct myself uh, three win Oregon state team. So even worse. Um, US, Overall. Yeah. yeah. USC um, did, like we said, escape that win though. Ultimately now they turn around and play the Oregon ducks. Um, can they get back to form? You think against a, an erratic team like Oregon that you never really know what you're going to get with them either. Well, Oregon's weird because I also talked about this leading up to the game and went against my own advice and bet UCLA. God, I can't imagine why. But Oregon's one of those teams this season that has been getting up for the big games. They just played Arizona last week and kept it within three points. It was really high scoring, but that's to be expected from this Oregon team. That's kind of how they play. It's also how Arizona's been playing. It's really effective. Uh, so Oregon... Weirdly enough, yeah, they can lose to Cal at home on a random night, oh. but they also are going to get up for these big games. And so I think versus USC, they're going to be, you know, hoping that they can sweep them as well, just like they swept LA when they were in LA. I'll never, I'll just never understand them. I was complaining about them plenty to Ben Wilson earlier that how you can lose to Cal and get embarrassed by ASU the way that you did and then hang with Arizona, sweep UCLA. It just, it makes no sense to me. They're a conundrum. Um, here with Danielle. Well, you know. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's actually kind of like the Lakers and LeBron. They keep losing to the Clippers, but they can decide on any given night. They're the Lakers. They're LeBron James. They could show up. So, so. is that night tonight? It is. Um, well, the game is tonight, but I don't know what we're going to see from this Lakers team. What is with this LeBron news? He's talking about going back to Cleveland in the middle of the season. Um, so, it's a little bit 
difficult to see where this Lakers team's head is at. I mean, I see Carmelo Anthony's back in the mix and that's why the line moves so much for this game. I'm seeing threes everywhere now. Uh, this was one and a half. I even last night on bet rivers, it was at Lakers minus a half. So really a coin flip, but now it's three. I look to the Clippers side of things here. I'm probably going to grab Clippers. You know, I see we have two threes available, um, but I'm also interested in always betting the NBA live. I feel like I always get more comfortable, better numbers whenever possible. So that's been working really well for me this season. Um, total sitting at 222 is precarious to me because I hope we're going to see a little bit more defensive matchup. But if the Lakers have a chance at winning this, they're going to have to push the pace and uh, kind of win with their offense. I talked about this with JVT, our senior NBA analyst on the podcast. Uh, just about this game, about how the Clippers defense has been so consistent. There was a little bit of regression when their offense started picking up in the last month or so, but they've kind of righted that ship. I was nervous about that. JVT pointed out that in the games leading up to the all-star break, the Clippers have actually kind of clamped back down on that defense and they're expected to get Paul George back, hopefully in March, that's going to be great for their defense and their offense. So I think this Clippers team is trending up right now. And this Lakers team look like they're trending for a breakup. And LeBron for the record can be mad at nobody but himself. Cause we all know that he He's the real GM over there. He's the one making these decisions. He's the one that wanted to get Russell Westbrook. And then when they didn't deal him at the trade deadline, he's upset. Well, that's your own fault because the cap issues that they have are related to your decisions, but neither here nor there. Also on the podcast, I know that you were talking to Andy McNeil because we got the freeway face off later on tonight between the Kings and Ducks. It's a virtual pick them total goals in that game. Five and a half. Last time I checked, this game means a lot to both sides, not just geographically, but within the division. So what were some of your takeaways with Andy? as you approach betting this game tonight. Well, we talked about how these are two young kind of up and coming teams and how the ducks have really been exceeding expectations lately, but maybe that that's kind of a false uh, success for them so far uh, that the Kings are clearly the better team here. He kind of leaned that way as did I, um, I think the Kings are the side I would want to look to if I'm looking at a money line situation or anything like that. It's interesting because the total has been um, slightly juiced or pretty juiced now to the over. Um, so we're expecting to see kind of a high scoring game. That's no surprise to me. The last four ducks games have gone over. Um, and I don't love to bet hockey overs. In fact, I'd love to bet unders. We talked about the first period goals as well. Is there an opportunity to bet, you know, a goal in the first 10 minutes, something like that for something a little bit more fun. But I do think that the Kings are the stronger team here, but do the ducks want it more? Um, they have home ice, if you will, because it is in Anaheim. But I do think that the Kings are the side that I would look at here. Yeah, the heart, mind, and math uh, that I was doing, at least researching this game earlier, did certainly point to LA. And I was one of those people that grabbed the the over five and a half goals on this one. Both teams do tend to score and, and allow a lot of goals. Their last meeting was a 5-4 shootout home loss for the Kings back in November. Kings, by the way, six of their last seven games have gone over. I mean, and we saw the Anaheim Ducks very recently put up seven goals in a single game themselves. So that's my lean, but totals were cruel to me last night, Danielle. I don't know if I should just stay away. Well, and also Jonathan Quick probably in the net for the Kings, and so that makes me a little nervous to bet an over. Uh, but for me, probably no hockey bet tonight. I'm going right. to focus on the basketball. Yeah, stick to hoops, stick to hoops. Really appreciate the time as always, and happy belated birthday! Danielle Alvari. Thank you, Stormy. Girl. You're the best. We'll talk to you soon. That's Danielle Alvari, host of the LA City Cast. Make sure you check it out. Great episode that just dropped earlier today. When we come back, be better. And Nick Whalen joins the program.
listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on My Guys, get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24 7 streaming, daily best bets emails, and our tournament betting guide, which includes advice, data, and strategy. Just $19. Whether you are filling out a bracket, betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every single game in every round of the tournament. You get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, on every key team, conference, player to watch from the favorites to potential Cinderella stories. Sign up today, get the betting guide, plus full access to VSIN through April 5th. Just $19 at vcin.com slash madness. And as we do to close out the week every Friday, time to be better. Which teams, players, various sports need to step their game up and rise to the occasion? We are starting in the National Hockey League with the Maple Leafs captain, John Tavares. An 11-game goal-scoring drought, the longest that he has had in a decade. And it's not just him. As a line. Tavares, alongside his line mates William Nylander, Alex Kerfoot, have been absent from the score sheet more often than not lately. The three of them combining for just four goals in that 11-game span. The Leafs in general need to be better, though. A good win at the Wild last night at home, but their leaders need to do what they need to do. Come on, John Tavares, be better. In college hoops, Purdue College Basketball, we know, one of the best teams in the nation, ranked number four in the country, top of the Big Ten. They're 9-1 over their last 10 games, but good teams win. What do great teams do? They cover 4-4-2 four, four, and two against the number of their last 10 games. You got Michigan State on Saturday, who for whatever reason has absolutely fallen apart in the month of February, dropping five of their last six games, including a 26-point L, a six-point dogs to Iowa, and of course I bet you then. So be better and get me a cover at home, please. And last but certainly not least in the NBA the Charlotte Hornets I used to be a Charlotte resident I back this team and you're making me crazy one and nine in your last 10 games just as brutal against the numbers two six and two ATS hanging on to that playoff spot by a thread they lost their last two games in overtime and double overtime time to get over the hump one massively annoying common thread in all those losses by the way abysmal three-point shooting held under 33 percent from three Every single game, including a 9 of 40 percent, a 9 of 40 shooting performance from range against guess who? The Toronto Raptors, who you've got to go and host tonight, getting two points at home. Be better. And if you can't be better tonight, can you at least be against Detroit on Sunday? Because that is a team that you had success from three with and you did have a good win. Let's continue our NBA conversation with Nick Whalen. Covers the NBA for Rotowire as an editor as well as host of the Rotowire NBA podcast. According to his Twitter bio, he is also a senior iced coffee insider. Very important question as we welcome mm-hmm. you in here, Nick. Where does Starbucks cold brew rank for you, the insider? All right, so let me begin by saying it's way up there. Okay, it's it's way up there, but Starbucks is like the the Tesla of of fast food coffee or you know fast coffee on the go. I guess is one way to put it. I'm more of a like Ford Focus guy. I, I'm a McDonald's loyalist when it comes to iced Stop coffee. It. Um, if I'm not making it, I know, I know, I know this would be controversial. Um, I was kind of hoping you wouldn't bring this up at all, uh, but I'm very loyal to the sugar-free French vanilla iced coffee at McDonald's. And granted, in, I, where I'm located in Wisconsin, we're still a good one and a half to two months out from iced coffee season. I'm counting down the days. Uh, But anytime I can sneak in, like if I'm out of the state, if I'm anywhere above like 50 degrees, I'm finding a McDonald's, I'm getting a sugar-free French vanilla iced coffee. Oftentimes, you could get a large sugar-free French vanilla iced coffee for the same price as a small. That's not going to happen at a Starbucks. You're out here wildin'. I love me a McDonald's number nine, no pickles with a two-cheeseburger meal, but I can't jump on board with you on the iced coffee train. I just can't do it. Fair enough. 
but Fair it's enough. all right. We'll still be friends, I promise, especially when you help me out talking some NBA here. And um, one big takeaway to me yesterday in that first day coming out of the break for for these NBA teams was that the, for the most part, the hot teams came out hot, right? We had the Celtics, a 23-point win, Suns, a 20-point win, Warriors crushed the Blazers by 37, Nuggets, an 18-point win, all on the road, no less. One team that meets the mold in action tonight um, that was not in action Thursday, the Heat at the New York Knicks, bet up this morning from four and a half to six. Do you think that they're another hot team that could come out hot? I think they are. I, I think they're a team that, like you said, could follow in the same pattern as those other top teams that were really hot heading into the break. And you always wonder, you know, what is having seven or eight days off do uh, for a team? And and all those teams that you mentioned picked up right where they left off. And I think that's exactly what what the Miami Heat, who currently lead the Eastern Conference, by the way, there's been a lot of talk about a lot of the other powers in the East, but Miami, despite a lot of injuries, is currently in the top spot coming out of the break. I think this is a really friendly number. I know they're on the road at Madison Square Garden, but the Knicks are just two and eight against the spread in their last 10 games. That's an NBA worst mark heading into the break. They've lost seven of eight straight up. Uh, ironically, their only win during that stretch came against Golden State. They took some really bad losses to Brooklyn, OKC, Portland, uh, all three of those teams at this point, you know, trying to lose uh, in one way or another. Kemba Walker uh, basically seems like he's no longer on the team. Just today, they lose Derrick Rose, who we thought was coming back tonight. It just seems like everything is going from bad to worse for the New York Knicks. And again, I know they're at home in this game, and that's part of the reason that I think this number isn't bigger, but they haven't even been good at home this season. They're 13 and 17 against the spread at Madison Square Garden. They're three and five against the spread as a home underdog, 10 and 16 against the spread as a dog overall. There's just not a lot to look forward to here uh, if you're the New York Knicks over the second half. And as you can tell, this is more about me just being down on the Knicks than it is even being high on Miami. No doubt. Uh, the big news of the day, of course, that James Harden's about to make his 76ers debut, been recovering from that hamstring injury that he suffered before he was traded from the Nets. How do you think that he will look out there with Joel Embiid, and do they get the cover tonight against the Timberwolves? Man, I, I think I think long term they're going to look good. Um, you know, you never really know what to think in these first games when superstars come together. There's, it's always a little bit awkward. You know, guys kind of getting in each other's way, especially when you're talking about a guy like James Harden, who for most of his career has been right at the top of the leaderboard when it comes to usage rate. And he, he's kind of been in some strange situations these last couple of years. It feels like we haven't seen, you know, the real peak Houston Rockets James Harden in quite some time now. But um, you know, in, in terms of what we see tonight. I, I think this is a stay away for me. I, I guess if I had to pick, I, I think I would take the Sixers to cover at Minnesota. I, I think it feels like this is a team that's moving in the right direction, but I, I think I would be a little more interested in maybe examining some of the James Harden or Joel Embiid props. You know, we have, we have Harden at 21 and a half points uh, for the over under tonight. I think I would go under on that number. You got to keep in mind, he's the new guy here. You know, he's the guy who forced his way out. He's joining a new team a team that has the MVP frontrunner, a team that already has a very good number two scorer in Tobias Harris, a solid number three scorer in Tyrese Maxey. Uh, and also keep in mind that James Harden has not played in an NBA game in more than three weeks. So I don't think he's going to come out and try to score 40 in his first game with the Sixers. I think he's going to feel it out. I think he's going to act as more of a facilitator. And if I was going to go over on one of James Harden's props, I think I'd go over on the nine and a half assists. Okay, no, really good insight. And you got me thinking on props. Any game, what are some of your favorite props to, that better should probably try to target tonight if they can get a good number? Mm -hmm. 
Well, there's one at the DraftKings Sportsbook. You can get Luka Doncic to lead, to lead excuse me, the entire slate tonight in scoring Love at plus that. 190. I think we know. Yeah, we know what Luka's been doing uh, heading into the break. Uh, he's kind of been up to it the same old tricks. You know, this is the third straight year where he gets off to a slow start. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, right after the All-Star break or right around the All-Star break, he kicks it into high gear and he starts looking like the guy uh, that we thought he would be the entire season. I mean, I think it's his, either his eight or nine highest scoring games of the season. His nine highest scoring games of the season, Stormy, have all come within the last 15 games. That is insane. I mean, he is, he is at this point a nightly threat to score 45 plus. Um, so I think that's a really, a, a really solid bet getting almost two to one. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton over eight and a half assists is another angle that I'll be working tonight. I know Malcolm Brogdon is back in the lineup for Indiana. Keep in mind that Malcolm Brogdon has played in two games since Christmas Day. You know, that's all well and good. I don't know what he's going to look like. I don't know how many minutes he's going to play. And on top of that, Chris Duarte just recently was marked as a game time decision for this contest. So it's very possible that they'll be without uh, kind of their third or fourth guard in Chris Duarte. Tyrese Halliburton, 38 total assists in his last three games before the break. He has at least nine assists in 24 of 55 appearances this season. This is kind of his team, I think, the rest of the way, especially with Miles Turner out. Uh, Brogdon aside, I mean, I, I think they want to kind of turn things over to Tyrese Halliburton and see what he can do as a playmaker over these final 20, 25 games. Got about a minute or so left with you. And because you mentioned Luca and the way that he has turned things on here recently, another player who has also very similarly done that is DeMar DeRozan. And he's been getting a lot of love recently for MVP from mm -hmm. 50 to one bet way, way down over the last two weeks with this incredible streak that he's been on. One of our hosts, Mitch Moss here at VEASAN, posted on Twitter, if DeRozan's name was spelled L-E-B-R-O-N, he'd be minus 400 favorite. Agree or disagree? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I've been seeing that same discourse these last couple of nights. And, I mean, sadly, I think I agree. You know, I think if LeBron was on the run that DeMar DeRozan is on and if LeBron's team was right at the top of the standings, uh, you know, I guess if he played for the Bulls and was in the East, uh, I, I, I think he's 100% right. I think it would be. Um, unfortunately, that's just not how it works in the NBA, right? I mean, it, it, unless you have just an otherworldly season where you're outpacing everyone else, if you're not in that inner circle, you know, even at the beginning of the season, like you kind of have to be one of the candidates who's already on the radar. It's really, really hard to work your way past names like Giannis and Embiid and Jokic. DeRozan's having an amazing season. He deserves consideration. At the end of the day, he's just not going to win it. All right. Appreciate the insight. That's Nick Whalen of Roto World. Make sure you check out all of his great writing and again, host of the NBA podcast for Roto World as well. Enjoy the games tonight. That's a wrap for me here on My Guys. But Danny Burke and Rush Hour coming up. Take the. Take the. Take. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.